guys, I'm back. I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, I know, I promise I try to do it more regular, but time got the best of me and I've been very busy, unfortunately, with a full-time job. So I'm sorry, guys, if I haven't kept up with it. That's my bad. <laughs> but I'm back and I'm going to do my best to podcast whenever I can, really. Um, today, um, I'm going to be talking about something that's quite personal to me and personal to many others out there in the world. Um, it's a disability as well and a condition that people suffer with. Um, some, of it, some of you might be familiar with it, some others not so much. Um, today I'm going to be talking about the Autism Spectrum Disorder. Um, it's a communicative disorder and is also a neurological disorder that happens to people who struggle with social cues, communication and with sensory difficulties also. So I'm going to give you an insight to that today and see where this goes. I am on the autistic spectrum, um, but I am classified as the Asperger's or high-functioning autism level in that spectrum, which means that I do hold capacity and I can do most normal everyday stuff that your average everyday human being can do, I guess. But I have a lot of difficulties along the way in my day. So what my day will kind of entail is me waking up. Um, I'm not the, the greatest early riser. I'm no early bird myself, so I struggle with this. And I feel miserable in the mornings. I'll wake up, but I like to plan my route to work. Like some some people on the autistic spectrum tend to do that. They like to plan and have some structure so they're able to follow it routinely and in order and for them to feel comfortable within that. So a lot of people, when they don't have order or structure in their life that are on the spectrum, it gets very difficult for them. It's very hard. Like they struggle to, you know, kind of follow through with something that's alternative to that. For example, like I said earlier, um, I like to drive the same roads, the same route to work. Even if it's a shortcut, like it could be a quicker way to like work, but I won't like taking it because it's not what I'm used to and it's not what I follow. And especially like roadworks, which roadworks is quite heavy in Wales at the moment. There's a lot of it going on. So I like to be on time. I like to follow through with something like that's my main goal that's like my main goal the first part of the day and then I'm like great there's traffic cones everywhere there is absolutely horrible traffic lights that are temporary that are placed everywhere this is ruining my day I just like to get to work and do my job and go home even though this is like so minor to a lot of neurotypical people um, neurotypicals are people that are not on the spectrum, just for clarification. <laughs> um, a lot of uh, neurotypicals believe that it's just like, oh, that's minor. Like, don't you know? Don't be silly. Like, it's cool. Like, why is that such a big deal? Like, I don't get it. But like, for me, it's a big deal because it's a change of plan. It's even if it's small, it's still a change. But I'm like, right, okay, let's just grin and bear this. And then I could end up getting late for work because of roadworks and a build of congestion with traffic. And that is so, so stressful for me. Like, 
because I'm a person who was very like obsessed with being on time and very like I need that structure I need to be on time I need that routine it can ruin so much in a day for me you'll be surprised and then after all that jazz you know I could get back to work I could be like five minutes late but I feel so like annoyed with myself because I'm like I should have gone some somewhere else I should maybe I should have took that route but I'm so stubborn and so routined in myself I can't do that so I get pretty annoyed with myself it's like a constant battle then I'll head into work I work in a factory based environment so not the most ideal place for someone on the spectrum but you've got to take what you've got to take at the end of the day I mean you know jobs in the UK is not very uh, they're not very spearing <laughs> I'll put it that way it's not easy not very easy at all to get a job here but anyway back to the main story I could go in and there's a lot of sensory overload for me so I'm very glad that they do provide you know personal protection equipment such as like headphones so they supply me and help me with that they'll give me headphones to block out and cancel the noise which is pure beauty for me the only thing with that though is I got people shouting even though they have to because it's too loud and then there's just so much that goes on around you things are clanking people are shouting people talking over each other which absolutely gruels me because I can't process that not one bit like <laughs> it's like the biggest difficulty ever and then you've got things going wrong so it's so busy the environment is so crazy that it gets so overwhelming like for me so easily like it's very it's just difficult it's really hard to explain but if you can picture it and kind of see where I'm coming from you, I guess you'll understand it's just a big it's a big part of me that I actually struggle with is the sensory overload and a factory is a very bad example from where I should work but again you gotta make your money <laughs> preferably I would like to work somewhere quiet where I'm able to hear people properly and understand what people are saying <laughs> understand the tasks that are given to me because if people speak too you know too low or they speak too fast I'm not going to process what people are saying to me I need simple straightforward tasks I'm not very good with multiple tasks in one let me give you an example someone could tell me go over to that table go under that table look for something in the second drawer and then so on so forth then so on so forth that's not going to stay with me that is not going to stay with me one bit I need to do things first in one small task and then move on to the next task. Because if someone doesn't give me a straightforward, you know, command or a straightforward task for me to do, I'm not going to get it. It's not going to sink in. And that is another struggle, being on the autistic spectrum disorder. It really is. everyday life that includes the sensory overload from my environmental stimuli uh, secondly coping 
and trying to understand my feelings during those situations and thirdly communicating with people and people trying to communicate with me it's kind of hard and that does entail my everyday life as much as it can for everybody else that's on the spectrum it's a very strange thing and it's very complex for a lot of people too everyone has very different things that they cope with on the spectrum so that's something that you guys who are neurotypical who are not on the spectrum could try and understand that people that are on the spectrum that do suffer with these things and that's what I'm hoping to teach you guys at the end of this uh, moving on from that subject now um, I'll be talking about what people have noticed about me and what people can potentially notice about others on um, the spectrum this can include um, like people telling me that they were saying to me not long ago they have quite a monotone flat voice which I don't seem to understand because like I try my best to like sound as enthusiastic as much as I can and I just keep thinking oh my gosh like what if people actually think that I sound like a complete robot when I'm in a miserable mood like or I'm in a really bad mood what do I sound like like is that just me being socially unaware or is that just part of it like I'll never know really I'll never understand that but that's how it goes I suppose and another thing that people notice me do is when I have these things called like it's called stimming but what I do usually I'll just like bump against the wall which I won't notice that I'm doing it but apparently it's a behavior that people have noticed me do when I'm in an awkward or uncomfortable situation I just tend to bump myself like bounce off the wall not like literally but like it's hard to explain over voice what this means like I wish I could like enter like a video of this but this is a podcast so maybe one day maybe one day when I do happen to make videos I'll show what happens with that but there's lots of things like coping with anxiety within the autistic spectrum is very hard like some people tend to go on medication some people go to therapy for it and some people go to behavioural classes, like there's so many things that autism services provide for others that it's, it's so complex, everyone's needs are so complex, so it's trying to meet, you know, what people want at the end of the day, it's very difficult. Like for me now, doing this podcast and trying to structure what I'm going to say to you guys can be quite difficult for me, because I have a bounce of like nervousness where I'll be like, oh... What am I gonna say next? I hope I don't sound stupid. I hope I'm not rambling on. It's it's so difficult. But I hope you guys can understand and bear with me on this. I'll keep, I'll be getting better with this hopefully. And I'll be plowing it out a bit more better. I mean, that's what early old episodes are for, right? <laughs> like, I'll hopefully improve one day. I hope to. It's something I would like to work in, you know. And saying of working in and wanting to do things. This will lead me on to my next segment, which is called Passions and Interests. So with Passions and Interests, uh, a lot of people on the autistic spectrum um, put a lot of their time and a lot of effort into things they truly love and truly want to do and they're passionate about. And this is what is the biggest thing for me is like if I could invest all my time in having a career 
about RuPaul's Drag Race or doing something in regards to media or filmmaking or anything in that area, I would happily, happily do that. Like, this is my main goal right now is, you know, spread my autism awareness to people and actually trying to make a career out of something one day in the media or filmmaking or even, like, just podcasting, to be honest. Um, So... Like I say before, I delve into my uh, little obsessions. I'm going to talk about what other people mainly, you know, get obsessed with. So on the spectrum, you know, the main prior topic to conversation for them is their, their like, obsessions, their interests. And to a lot of people outside the spectrum, this can be quite, like, overwhelming for them. Like, for example, like, you're going to have a conversation with someone who's atypical and they all strike up something like a fact facts about something they love like trains you know helicopters <laughs> cars or even like a movie like star wars or something like anything they love they will outpour onto another person and they just can't help themselves it's like this explosion has got to come out like i all watch rupaul's drag race and i i dying to talk to somebody about like the episode that happened last night I'd be like oh I really want to talk about this and share this with somebody but no one's gonna care damn and like that's the thing (laughs) I struggle with but I wish I generally had someone who is is invested invested into RuPaul's Drag Race as much as I am that I can just literally talk and talk and talk about it and they can and we can just bond and be like RuPaul friends like or Judy's, as they would say in RuPaul's Drag Race. Best Judy's. But there we are, see? I can go off tangent with that, I can't help it. But it's just, it's nice to see, like, that people can get so passionate about things. This is where, also as well, it can get people into careers on the spectrum. Like, there's a lot of people on the spectrum I know that have entered their careers, such as, like, Charles Davis. She is amazing, and she has a huge talent in art, and design and many things like that and she is able to put that into a job aspect such as tattooing she has her own tattoo studio so if you ever want a book hit her up let me know if you want that I'll happily help with that and it's like a friend as well I'm in touch with through the autistic community the Aspie world I talk to him time to time and he's passionate about spreading the awareness of autism and filming and being able to help others and that's his passion and he's happily put that into a job aspect and I do give an applause you know to both of them it's inspiring really truly inspiring so it's nice to know that people in the community do have their dreams come true and that's something I hope one day for myself that something like that will happen for me so please be kind to somebody even if they are like really annoying with the information be kind you know listen and even attempt to talk about your interests too even if it if they find it hard you know to invest their time into listening to you about it give it a go you know engage even try you know it gives you know we give a lot of respect to people who will listen not just like shove us off as like annoying or interrupting like we don't mean to interrupt we can't help that we have these bursts of information we want to share with people it's just that way of communicating so remember guys please be kind to one another you know 
be just be kind <laughs> like they will appreciate it much more and this will help people on the spectrum communicate more with you and actually trust you if you do this um, some of you may agree some of you may disagree with this you know it's just a personal insight from what I've had before in the past and in the present and um, this will also lead me to another segment now which I'll be coming on to which is communication and friendships and even relationships on a topic of trying to maintain friendships and relationships and normal working relationships is absolutely hard (laughs) I think relationships out of all of them is the hardest to be honest like things you know couples do is very different to how other you know how other things work outside of that like friendships work friendships professional relationships so on and so forth like it's so different because it's on a romantic level and on a sexual level so it's very tense sometimes it really is but I always try to understand the other person and I, I just hope as well the other person will try to understand me I guess like for me it's always um little things like when I ask are you okay like telling me yes when you're not okay is a very bad idea like facial recognition as well like trying to understand facial expressions for me when someone is angry upset happy so on so forth it's I don't know it's like a hard one to work out sometimes it's not all the time that you know I'm like this but again I'm just so she unaware I don't know when that's gonna happen so I could walk up to the partner and be like hey you know everything okay oh I'm okay telling you that I'm okay means that you're okay but if for example this is another one if you tell me you're okay and you're visually not, I am probably gonna repeat myself again with questions and keep asking you until I probably end up annoying you in the end. But I just can't help it. I just want to make sure that I can help and be there and be supportive. It's just that I'm just socially not great. <laughs> and sometimes people could ask me if I'm okay and then they get confused because of my monotone flat voice apparently I can come across as quite like miserable or like as people express it (laughs) I know it's really weird to say but it's the only way I could like explain it I guess and people do struggle with that or that apparently I can be avoidant to a lot of people not just in a relationship now this could be in a friendship or a work friendship like a professional one and I don't mean to be avoidant it's just I need to recuperate my mental energy to be around people so at heart I'm an extrovert I like to be around people but in order for me to be around people I also need to be alone and that's how it goes it's like a vicious cycle like, I, I want to be around people, but then I don't. <laughs> I get irritated too quick. It's so annoying. Like, big groups of people I do struggle with, especially if I'm not familiar with a lot of them. You know, how am I going to strike a conversation? 
I don't know these people. I don't know how they're going to respond to me. I don't know what they're going to be like within their personalities. This is where my anxiety will kick in and it's a flight or fight response. I can end up going really quiet, you know, and just not saying a word to people and it ends up really rude. Or either I look uninterested in what they're saying, small talk wise, we're not going to lie, I get really like uninterested in a lot of things. Like, for example, it's family reunions. It's the big one for me. People make small talk on like how their kids are. I don't know their children, so how am I supposed to respond to this? Like, I know this sounds so arrogant. Like, people tell me it's really rude, and I'm like, it's not to me because it's just I don't know how I'm gonna respond to you. It's so frustrating. Like, I don't know any of you. I like, I like to be a com- I like to be comfortable around people. You know, it's like if I want to meet a person again, I'm interested. It means, you know, oh my gosh, I've made like a great connection. Like, this is great. And I will want to pursue a conversation with you. I will want to know you as a person. But if that person is going to be awkward, make small talk to me, and then ignore what I'm going to say to them. I just, I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done here. Especially family reunions and things. Like, I'm not going to see these people like in another five years, probably. <laughs> so it's not like a continuous relationship with these people. It's just like, I see you every now and then. And I don't know what I'm going to say to you. I'm nervous. People grow and develop as well. And opinions change personalities can be altered too and this is why I end up actually friends with a lot of people on the spectrum like I mean a lot (laughs) like that's the only way it's helped me so far communicate and actually come off my shell is to be around people like me and when we figure out our little ways of communication like our interests and we actually attempt to communicate in that sense and do things together that you know we both enjoy I can actually build something off that so the message to you neurotypicals give me something to build off of even if your interest is different to mine you know build a conversation off it ask me about it if I don't know I'm sorry I don't you know ask me engage with me you know because we're talking within a group as well and not helping me engage or talking to me or involving me just makes me not want to even be interested in any of you I'm sorry that sounds rude but it's so true it's draining enough as it is being in a group to be honest it's so draining having to listen to two people talk over each other and then try and focus your attention on someone else that's trying to make conversation with you is overwhelming there's just there's a lot there's a lot to it that I feel it can be just too much sometimes and that's why I end up avoidant and I just stay in my room and I watch YouTube videos and I'm just like nope I'm done here that's done for today bye guys and that's it like it takes a lot of energy for me to be you know enthusiastic about social events or something that I plan on doing like things have to be planned if it's spontaneous I get you know uncomfortable with it I do try to be adventurous which I you know low-key want to be but 
I have to have things planned out at least. Like, people cancelling on me at last minute is like an anxiety sell for me too. So it's like things, others' actions that they do can actually impact an autistic person so badly if it's not planned, if you're not honest to them. So big key factors here, guys. I would say if you're going to be friends with an autistic person, be honest. (laughs) Please be honest. Be straightforward and make it understandable for us. Because if you're going to sugarcoat a lie, it's not going to go down well with someone who's autistic. We're just not going to trust you. We're going to shut off from you and probably not really speak to you ever again. Secondly, try and be understanding. Like, I know it shouldn't be all about us, but we invest so much energy in trying to communicate with you. At least do the favour back. At least engage with us because that's when I appreciate it. This is where the respect is given to you and you've earned it. And that's another thing that I'll lead on to as well is the third point that I'll make is, how do I put it into words? Just be kind, literally, I I don't know what else to say. Just be, be kind to one another. Don't treat us like we're five. We can, we understand want to do and what we want to say just be understanding and just be kind don't make fun of us because even if it's like banter like you know unless the person's okay with it then you know have a laugh we all gotta laugh at ourselves sometimes if that person is sensitive in areas about their disability condition don't poke holes and make jokes about um and make that person the butt of a joke within a group or a conversation because it just kind of puts us down just you know just be kind engage with us be honest and just be a decent person that's all we ask for that's all we really ask for there's nothing else to it really and this will lead on to another segment which will be the ending of this podcast to the updates I've been given so like voice messages and see what's been said by other people so I'm going to check that out now Hey there Rebecca hey listen it's me Ben Carl you're talking to the guy from TZ from Tanzania uh, it kind of got interesting can we, can we still communicate this anger thing is kind of confusing sometimes do you have any other place like maybe um, messenger, WeChat Telegram, WhatsApp, and I'm just asking, if you don't mind. Hey, Ben Cole, how you doing? Thanks for the message, man. Appreciate it. Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, alternatively, if you would like to message and do a podcast with me, that'd be brilliant. Um message me through Instagram I preferably would like it that way personally because that's where I mostly message people who I've done podcasts with in the past such as Hugo Torres subscribe to him he's pretty cool and um, many others in the past too I've done it with 
so if you're interested just give me a shout um my instagram name should be in my um description on my main profile and if i haven't added it then i'll add it now (laughs) but thanks man i appreciate it hope to hear from you soon conclude how it's going to end. I want you people out there that communicate with one another in this respect is be kind, like I said before, be kind to one another, listen to each other and have that level or create that level of understanding just to make each other's lives so much more easier and allowing autistic people to be heard and feel welcome and invited into social situations and just in general life, workplaces, employers, be kind, make adjustments, you know, that are fair, obviously. But try and understand the individual. The more you do, the more you'll get so much back. Trust me, same situation with friendships and relationships. Just try and be understanding that person will invest that time in with you too. It's very rewarding. Um, considering that I have worked with autistic people in the past myself, actually, um, I will I will confirm that. So I hope you guys have a nice day, nice night, whatever time zone you're in, and I'll catch you later.